Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer podcast. I'm Bruce Singer, your host of this podcast. I'm also the CEO and founder of Canada CFOs, which provides part-time fractional instant CFOs to clients. And we're very passionate about food, food security, a CPG, uh, that whole infrastructure or ecosystem. And in line with that, we have an, an amazing, uh, wonderful, wonderful guest today, Christine, Christine Cruz-Clark. She, I'll tell you about Christine. And welcome to the podcast. I'll tell you about Christine. She's the CEO of Balzac's Coffee Roasters. Um, she was a, a dancer, a Hawaiian dancer, earlier in her, her career. She was a former Hawaiian dancer. Uh, however, she's not born in Hawaii. She's born in Scarborough. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's an avid traveler, 56 countries, a mother of two. She's been nominated for the for an award for the Woman, uh, a Woman Empowerment Award for Global Impact. Uh, she's received multiple marketing and advertising awards globally and in Canada. She's on multiple boards. One of the like boards, for example, uh, the board of the Canadian Coffee Association, the board of FHCP, uh, the board of All, All Ascend Canada, uh, the board of Bayview Glen. Did I get everything right? Did I get everything, Christine? Have I got yeah. it? Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> She's awesome. She's got an awesome team. They're doing awesome things. We've met numerous times at uh, seen her and her team at various uh, functions. And this is going to be a very exciting event. Thank you, Christine, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Bruce. Okay. So we're going to have some chat. And uh, tell us your, 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 your story, your origin story, where, from where you started as a Hawaiian dance. We can go back in the far, if you like, uh, <laughs> to... To today, and we'll have some fun. Today, I, being the CEO of Balzacs. Yeah, I do think the uh, Hawaiian dancing origins is one that tends to get picked up quite a lot because there there aren't that many of us in the uh, at least in the Canadian landscape. But really, as I think about sharing who I am, it starts with some of my values that were impressed upon me early on. Two of which were creativity and grit. So, if you want to know where the Hawaiian part comes from. My mom was a cultural entrepreneur, and she brought the art of Hawaiian dance to Canada. So from oh. her, I really embraced creativity and picked up on that from an early age. Conversely, my dad's career path actually started in the public sector, ebbed into private, and then eventually led to tech entrepreneurship. And I credit him for my grit. I completed my undergrad at Western University and then started as a analyst in strategy and operations with Deloitte. And before I entered the world of food and beverage, where I really learned how to grow brands and businesses, and ha which has been my focus for the past 18 years, both in Canada as well as abroad. And today, as you mentioned, I'm the CEO of Balzac Coffee Roasters, which is a Canadian specialty coffee roaster with a network of cafes, as well as a fast-growing CPG business, which allows us to be accessible to Canadians from coast to coast. I just how did you how did you end up at Balzac's? I'm curious, like, because <laughs> you have all this experience, you're gonna believe me, you're gonna be in demand right across the board because CPG is such a huge area, especially with your background and your accolades. Why Balzacs? How did that happen? I think in Maybe. many ways, it was one of those uh, areas. I think about my career and really continuing to grow businesses and brands. The experience abroad led me to really appreciate what we have at home in Canada, and really led me to think about how can I take a business where it is primarily available to Canadians today, continue to explode that and start to bring that to a broader market and broader scale. So when I came back, I, I lived in the UK for about four years yeah. with my family. And back in July of 21, 
uh, came back to Toronto. And one of the reach outs that I did to a mentor of mine was really to understand how can I make my path back? So I, I did a sidestep from CPG into the world of services and was really looking for a path back to a consumer business and one that was primarily Canadian in origin because the impact that you can make on a Canadian business when you're situated in Canada is obviously significantly different from running a Canadian business that is more global in nature because you just have far more autonomy, far more freedom, and the impact that you can have is tremendous. So I was really looking for a Canadian-based consumer products brand to really continue to grow and lend my impact to that type of a business instead. And with an organic love for coffee, this seemed like a natural fit. So just one conversation truly led to another. And the way I always frame the current role that I'm in is it's my dream job. I love leadership and I love coffee. And what better marriage than to be able to lead an incredible business with an incredible team. That's all. It's all about fit. Absolutely. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Okay. So you came to Balzac's. And my understanding is the consumer, when I think of Balzac's, I think of the ro- a coffee roasters, coffee shops. Of course. That's what I think. And I go, the great experience. It's awesome. Uh, it feels like it's, it's, it's very unique. It's not like anything else that I've experienced, my own personal experience. You know, I love I appreciate it. appreciate that. Uh, it's awesome. Now, but also now... I, I see Balzac's in the stores. <laughs> so somehow there was some sort of there's some sort of transition that's taking place here. Uh, what's going on? And uh, what's going on? And what are we learning from this? Can you share what's yeah. happening? Yeah, you're so yeah. we uh, as a business we were founded back in 1993 as a coffee cart in Ontario place that led to the first cafe a few years later in Stratford, yeah. Ontario, in 1996. And as I think about that transition, it really over the years has been about how do we continue to hone our craft, learn from consumers and bring our wonderful coffee to more people in more places. And that naturally created this path into CPG. And as I think about what I've been doing for the past two decades, it really is that functional mastery, especially early on in my career in brand management, where I learned from the leaders at Mars, Kraft and Hershey and those multinational organizations. And what those experiences taught me is how to put consumers at the heart of problem solving. And really by taking the time to understand both needs as well as values, you're able to create propositions with purpose. And a great example of this for us at Baltax is our Las Rosas blend, which supports gender equity for our coffee bean suppliers in Colombia, and specifically Las Rosas, which is a women-led coffee cooperative. And by purchasing blends like this, consumers are able to ensure that women are paid both fairly as well as equitably, which in turn allows them to support their community and build prosperity for future generations. And this is what I like to call crafting coffee with cause. And really, as you think about what you do in brand management, building out everything that you do in a way that's highly intentional. And that's really what I'm bringing to Balzac's as we continue to build on something great that we've already started from. That's that's awesome. So looking at today, uh, let's talk about. I, I, I'm I'm curious about the trends that are going on. Some of the in coffee, the trends, and what is how do you see things? What do you what are you experiencing in terms of uh, of things like that? What are you experiencing? What I really love and appreciate about coffee is that it's a passion category, and it's all about having those personal preferences and rituals and. An interesting fact that happened through the pandemic is the fact that at-home coffee consumption grew. 
which naturally makes sense because we were all at home and it grew by about 10%, which continues to be sustained. What's interesting is as people were at home continuing to bake banana bread and create all these sourdough loaves, they were also upgrading their home brewing equipment. And the upgrade of that equipment also led to people really starting to pay more attention to not just what they consume, but also the quality of coffee that they're buying and putting into their newer machines and the rituals that they're kind of creating for themselves. So that was an interesting one as I think about what's happened there. As the world has continued to open up increasingly and people have returned back, um, different different habits continue to be yeah. formed. And yeah. as I think about the future of coffee, that's where I really believe that consumer-driven changes are going to continue to shape the coffee roasts. And they're going to continue to shape the types of offerings that coffee roasters like ourselves put out there, whether it's in cafe or available for home purchase. An interesting fact, going back to the Coffee Association. So we had our annual conference a few weeks ago. And one of the things that I learned from the NPD group is the contrast in younger consumer taste preferences to older consumer taste preferences. And by this, I mean, consumers in their 20s and 30s tend to skew higher in their preference for both specialty as well as ice drinks. Whereas up to 70% of Gen X and boomers have actually shown a preference for more traditional, call it filter drip type of coffee. So in many ways, if you as a consumer are ordering specialty coffee or even drinking iced coffee beverages, you should feel younger because that's just the demographic that you're interesting, in. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> From so, a coffee lens, at least. So that's like you're you're talking about the 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 behavior the behaviors of consumers. You know? Yes, absolutely. What, what else? What else? Yeah. As a as a cafe strong business, we have the luxury of really being able to interact with consumers every single day across a number of different neighborhoods, demographics, geographies, which is an intensely rich source of information as we're able to really see how consumer preferences are changing, not just in data that doesn't have as much color, but really live and in person on a daily basis. I got a question because I, I, I am a consumer. So uh, so how did, coffee is very competitive. It, <laughs> there's lots of coffee, lots of good coffees out there. And now we have inflation. Yes. How leading Balzacs to to the next level, because that's what you're doing. You're you're trying to get into more hands, and that's the way to do it, because it is a wonderful brand. How do you how do you how do you cope? Like what do you do like in this kind of environment that we're in today? Uh, can you share some without sharing without sharing any of your trade secrets? Um any thoughts? I think leadership today is hard, both in terms of what it takes to lead teams through a period that is tumultuous, like the one that we're in, but also to navigate businesses and make the right choices that are sustainable for your P&L for the long term. As I think about inflation, this is an era that a lot of us haven't really dealt with as leaders in a number of years, or even just within our 10 years. And paying attention to the needs of the business, as well as to the sensitivities of the wallets of consumers is a really fine balance. And in a recent uh, FHCP meeting, there was a survey that was done and upwards of 70% of manufacturers really started to feel the crunch with respect to profit margins. And up to 70% 
really said that in comparison to last year, profit margins aren't as strong as they used to be, which is unsurprising. And as we look towards consumer behavior and shopping, we also see even from the report that we heard yesterday on food inflation from Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, it's five to 7% food inflation is the impact that we're expecting to see on our grocery bills into 2023. So as you start to think about pressures on margins, pressure on consumer wallets, how does that all play out? I think fortunately for us within the coffee segment, while a lot of consumers and their behaviors, and we've heard this from retailers as well as others, while a lot of consumers are starting to make those trade-offs more into private label in order to make their own monthly grocery bills work, we are seeing consumers continue to buy into specialty coffee and continue to buy premium because it's still an affordable luxury. And the idea of self-care, little luxuries, and really indulging yourself is never going to go away entirely because those needs still exist for consumers as we think about ways to just continue to find small moments of happiness and small moments to savor in our day. Very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You know? Good Good for you. Good for you. The interesting point about the, the private label, it, it's different when it comes to coffee. Is there more, is it more brand loyalty driven? Is that, is that, or just depends on the consumer? It's just. I think it's uh, for me, I always come from the school of thought that, while loyalty does exist, the vast majority of people are going to purchase you infrequently. And there's a constant need for all brands to be recruiting consumers all the time. And it's okay. you're recruiting not just the people who've never tried you before, but you're also having to recruit people that have tried you before. And it's if you're constantly doing that job to find people and bring them into your world and really show them what you're all about beyond just a commodity and a price that's the art of building the brand and building those awesome, connections awesome. And creating Great. a business that will last for oh. for years to come so we're here today you talked about i want to delve in more into the future like like you talked about the future like like the inflation in 2020 what is your what what do you as a as a as an expert in coffee you know what do you what do you see what are your what are your what's your, what's your vision and what do you see? How do you see things coming down over the next year or two in, in that uh, in that industry? I think coffee is going to continue to be evolutionary. And what it, what's great about it is there's always an appetite by core coffee consumers to try new and different things. It'll always be a bit of a variety seeking category, even though you'll have your preferences. I think any coffee aficionado will be willing to try something new and different. So you'll have your tried and true that are part of your daily rituals, and you'll always have your market favorites. But trying different things, trying to find variety, either in the origin, the roast level, the um, type of blend that you're purchasing, is always going to be an element. And individuals who are, I, I tend to drink my coffee black, I prefer Americanos in general, but everyone has their own preference. And whether you're looking for new and kind of variety-seeking uh, ways through the format of coffee that you're choosing, or even the, let's say, milks or alternative milks that you're also choosing to include in your specified beverages, all of it is going to be fair game. So you think about how health and wellness trends continue to also play an impact and influence the world of coffee. It's true. Actually, you brought that up about milk. You wrote a very good post. Did you write a good? 
I think you wrote a very good post on on Thank milk you. alternative. Yeah, that really resonated. And there was some things I don't remember all of it, but there was something like I I don't I'm I'm a I'm a non dairy. I did not. Yeah, that was really something you talked about, like yeah. the oats and the oat milk and the because you don't realize it's not just about coffee. It's no. what about what about it's coffee and sugar and milk yeah. and and packaging and it's it's it anyway that's a whole other discussion. But when you think you know you're just you, you got to think because you're selling like it has to work the whole ecosystem. Certainly. <laughs> Yes. Very interesting. <laughs> we figured that out more than ever this year as you think about supply chain and making sure that everything gets into the cafes exactly. all in sync with one another, right? Whether it's uh, whether it's complexities in terms of importing, complexities in terms of storage, warehousing, and everything while you're here, or even just it's regular so deliveries. It's, it, think, it takes quite a lot for everything to does. work for just one little drink. And think five years ago, if I would go into a store, could I have the oat milk? What? <laughs> and now and now our what? question back to you is which one <laughs> it, that's really something that really, and you know that kind of that kind of thing actually sticks to Balzac like as a consumer when you think about it yeah. you didn't talk about the coffee you talked about the other stuff but it actually it actually made me more loyal to Balzac it, it's, as, as a consumer you know because I'm thinking about, about what you said and, and oh they, they get it you know what I mean Absolutely. yeah, yeah interesting um We've been doing this for years, but it really is double downing on sustainability and local and real ingredients, which are all, to some degree, trends now that are starting to take foot more than ever. But we've always used real ingredients, whether it's turmeric in certain lattes or even putting in maple syrup or even putting in uh, pumpkin puree. We use real ingredients in everything. That's always been part of our approach. Good for you. Good for you. One last thing before we go. This has been very insightful. Where can the consumers find Balzacs other than going to your tremendous cafe, which are which are which are located? Because that's the preference. You know, that's the experience. You get the full. You get the full enchilada when you go to the cafe. But if I if I'm at my winter time and I don't want to go to, I can't. I, I just want to go close by. Where do we? Where do we find? Uh, where do we find Balzacs? Uh, lots of different places. So I think Baltax.com is one of the easiest ones right now, but it's anywhere from Costco, Loblaws, Amazon, Whole Foods, you name it. So we are available coast to coast. Awesome. Thank Christine. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing thank everything. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, thank you for sharing your learnings. I appreciate it. Anyways, we're going to say bye, everybody. Have a wonderful day. And we're doing this in December. So happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays. uh, Yeah, happy holidays and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye-bye.